Welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you're well. I'm good. I'm currently wearing a Bill Paxton t-shirt that says, It's game over, man! It's game over! Like, as in, from Aliens. The, uh, yeah, sequel to Alien. The greatest, one of the greatest fucking movies ever made, so there you go. I hope you're well. I am bringing you a conversation today with Alva Reddy, one of the uh, great artists, solo artists, coming out of Ireland at the moment. I'm going to play some of her music right now. It's it's from, a, from her uh, forthcoming record. And this track is called Between Your Teeth. You will love it. Here it is. enjoyed it i i when i first heard that on six i on six music i definitely was and um, put the washing up down walk over and turn the radio up one of those moments uh so I, i'm so so into this right now um and this is a cool conversation talk about her musical influences where it, where she where it comes from where her burning passion comes from it goes a bit uh, t- it goes a bit film film and TV towards the back end of the podcast we suddenly start talking about like when Harry met Sally I don't know why that happens to me but frankly I would talk about that film all day every day I think most of us will but yeah so I think I'm gonna be resting the podcast for a bit because it takes a lot out of me and because there's a lot on on my in my life at the moment. Uh, we've got, um, we're moving, we're going to be moving to Dis, my family and I, we're going to be moving to Dis, Norfolk, relatively soon, so that's a lot of attention. Uh, Laura, as you well know, via the Guy Pratt podcast episode, I <laughs> found out that uh, Laura was 20 odd weeks pregnant at the time or something, so <laughs> that was that was something, so yeah, we're quite far down the line, we're due on the 25th of December, Jesus baby, a Jesus baby! Jesus baby can't wait for that one will it be the savior of mankind let's a fucking hope so lots of work to do for that Jesus baby let me tell you god I mean if I can name it Jesus as well just to mount the pressure on it definitely I don't know how the people of Norfolk will take that what is the name of your child it is Jesus this child is Jesus Uh, I don't know maybe they'll They'll be like, fine, we need a saviour. So that's one, that's a, that's that's a, what the second reason. I suppose the third would be the inordinate amount of stress that it is, is, takes to put this thing together. And I mean that in a negative sense. I mean, it's, I choose to do it. <laughs> no one's fucking coming in with a gun and going, yeah, you, you got to do this podcast. You, you, I'm going to blow your brains out. So 
it's, it's one of those things where the rejection uh, is quite heavy, I suppose, trying to get podcast guests on the show. It, it, it does involve an awful lot of rejection and therefore emotional. Uh, you have to pull from the emotional well to deal with that. It's not personal, I guess, but, um, but uh, you know, it, it's hard to compete in a world where there are thousands upon thousands of podcasts now. You rewind even five years ago, there would be half as many podcasts, I'm telling you that, for now. And uh, I, it's, it's hard. It's really, it's really fucking hard work. As you know, as well as having a, a two-year-old and like sleep, sleep deprivation and what have you. So that I think I'll just give it a rest for a bit. And if, if it pookles on for a little while longer, maybe three or four weeks, then I'm down with that. That's fine. I think you'll enjoy it. I've got so I've got like three other conversations at least to bring you. One from the legend Steve Harley. Come up and see me, make me smile. Uh, he he yeah, it's uh, doing it justice, I think. And um. That's that's one. Then there's B. Dolan, the hip hop artist and um, rapper, uh, political activist, legend B. Dolan. And and um, there's a, a really good chat I had with Russ from Infectious Groove podcast. So that music face facing podcast that I really, really enjoy. Infectious Groove. If you want a recommendation for a new podcast, they're, they, they're talking about all kinds of stuff on there from what it takes to to be a great frontman to the, their favourite records and, and, and favourite gigs and stuff. And it sounds basic. They do it brilliantly. It's so fucking funny as well. I'm absolutely so into it at the moment. They're really great people. Yeah, and, and there are others others coming down the pipeline. So it, it might pitter-patter for a little bit. But if it is sporadic, say, you don't hear from me for a week, maybe two, you know why. You just go, hey, fuck it, man. The guy can't sleep. He's got no sleep. Hey, fuck it, man. He's They're moving. Hey, fuck it, man. He's fucking opening an email and it's all rejections from guests. But not all rejections, obviously, because I've still got shows coming. But uh, when you're having to send sort of between 60 and 70 emails a week to, to get guests on the show, because basically the rejection level is quite high, it does get a bit tiresome and having to work and what have you. And I'm also doing loads of writing at the moment as well. Um, as you well know, I'm a bit of a writer. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's my waffle. My big, fat, fucking waffle over and done with. I hope I haven't offended you too much. As always, you are free to fast forward, but I suppose it's kind of too late now in the day to suggest that. Do enjoy the show. Uh, Al- Alvi, I call her Alvi. I, we established that early on in the conversation when I couldn't pronounce her name because it's Gaelic. I can't fucking... I can't pronounce it. Gaelic's hard. You try and spell Saoirse. What the fuck? You know, these Irish, man, they, who do they think they are? You know, they come over here, they steal our jobs, they change names, they don't have any idea what frenetic shit is, and they fuck with your head, you know? Brexit means Brexit, okay? God, I can't, can't wait for Brexit. Is that still happening? Is Brexit still happening? Do you know if it's still happening? I, I get the feeling it's been cancelled. No, it can't have been, surely. I mean, it can't cancel that. It'd be wonderful, my God. Imagine that. God almighty. But yeah. Um, I think it's ego driven, you know? I think that's why people do podcasts. I mean, I get it why like Adam Buxton does a podcast because like he has to keep making money, 
and he has to keep himself at some kind of profile going and it's a he has to and he's got fan he's got a fan base there boom that he can like latch onto straight away and i i i get why michelle obama does one um i mean i i get that but it does it it does make life no you can't say it makes it impossible i suppose for for mini podcasters like myself like diy motherfuckers because I, I I suppose, you know, they're always going to be there. The DIY podcasters are always going to be there. And then you get people like Michelle Obama who weighed in or Joe Wicks with their podcast and just basically decimate the entire landscape for the people like us. Because, well, frankly, you, you know, you'd rather listen to Michelle Obama because she's Michelle fucking Obama. Whereas I'm a fucking cunt with a microphone who's um, desperate for attention and relevance. I mean, that is essentially what this is all about really it's sort of being in bands that I was back in the day moving forward to now and trying to do a podcast or, or, or trying to write a film script you know that that short film that I keep banging on about if you've listened to this podcast enough you'd know that I've done a, a short film and I always give the name of the website out going oh please please somebody listen to it somebody watch it somebody do something save me but um, essentially, it just uh, never gets watched. And you, you end up asking yourself, why the fuck am I doing this? Seriously. I think, I think it's maybe legacy. Do you, do you know what I mean? I think, why do any of us do anything? We, I, I guess because we enjoy it, first of all, of course. We, we hope that one day maybe we don't have to be a gardener in freezing cold weather. I hope that when I'm 65, I'm not gardening still. I probably will be. And it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. But when you are creative, you kind of always have this thing in the back of your head. But can I can I make this work? And I don't want to use the term monetize in that context because I think it makes it really grubby. But will enough people dig it? And I think I've been doing this podcast podcast for long enough to realize that nobody does dig this podcast. Um it's very hard to admit that. It's really, really fucking hard because essentially it's you. It's me. It's me. I give myself to an, a tiny, weeny little audience every week, sometimes twice a week. And I've been doing it, I guess, on and off for like four years. And it's got nowhere. Absolutely fucking nowhere. And there has to come a time where you just go, there's a bit in the uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Harvey Keitel's character. It's classic fucking brilliance. He's a preacher, Harvey Keitel, in, in the film. And he's, like, questioned by um, the good-looking guy, um, George Clooney. He's questioned by, you know, oh, a preacher has lost his faith and all this kind of shit. And he's like, uh, Harvey Keitel's like, I've asked myself this before. Am I being a fool? Am I being a fool? And I think that's what this is. You know, this is a moment where you go, am I being a fucking fool? I don't get an email from anybody. I don't know who my audience is. I put these podcasts out. Kev, my dear friend who I've worked with, worked with for many years, is my only go-to. He's the only one that listens to the show that I'm aware of. And he's very sweet. He gives me sweet, sweet feedback. But essentially, this every podcast I kind of do for him because it, no one else listens. There are a few people here and there I know that do listen, but there's no fucking love coming back to me. And I've been doing this for four fucking years. So you have to ask yourself at the end of that, 
am I being a fool? And yeah, I guess I am. But in a sweet kind of way, you know, like a hobby kind of way. So I am going to give it up because it comes to a stage where it did before when I ended it, where it becomes fucking emotional. It becomes you versus me or me versus you or whatever it is in my head, because in reality, it's not the case. The reality is that no one gives a shit whether I put a podcast out or not. And therefore, there's a good and a bad about that. But essentially, no one really cares. It's not like a, a vendetta that people have against me. That's That would be mental. Um, it's just, am I being a fool territory? And there you go. So I'll, I'll, there are a few more conversations to to upload, certainly, that I think you will get something from. I, I think you will really fucking enjoy it, definitely. That's why I started going down a different avenue, turned away from politics. So I wanted to find out more about people, what their essence is, what their their core is about, whether we can learn from them and we can each learn from them and build from build from other people's experiences. And also some people that have done more with their lives, you know, because so many of us sit on our asses and do fuck all, you know. So many of you listening to this podcast are just sitting on your fucking ass, doing your nine to five, never pushing yourself ever. And it's pathetic. You've got to fucking do something with your life. It's it's going to be over like that. It's going to go. And you'll be fucking 75, sipping cocktails out of your asshole, fucking some Romanian person fucking wiping your ass. And you'll be going, ah, oh, shit, I did nothing with my life. Isn't that a shame? So it's cool to talk to people that actually have done something with their lives. Like whether it's Livia Samoka, who's gone and fucking lived with people in Africa, in the pygmy tribes in Africa, whether it's her mate Dave Lucas, who's a fucking expedition coordinator, you know, whether it's Bernie Marsden, who's written countless fucking hits, rock, you know, toured the fucking world with ACDC, um, you know, fucking uh, Paul Salopek, who, who's walking out of fucking Africa, to halfway around uh, the ha- halfway around the fucking world, sh- slow journalism for the past seven years. No one seems to give a shit. This is what I'm saying. I'm having these conversations with these amazing people. I get fuck all feedback. So why from from any of you? So why should I keep doing it? Why should I keep presenting my head against a brick wall and applying it with some severe pressure? <laughs> like it's it's fruitless. It's utterly fruitless. You know, and then it becomes about the ego. It's like. Well, if you know that, then why are you doing it? If you know that nobody is getting back to you and no one loves what you're doing, why would you keep doing it? Because, oh, I want to, I want someone to listen and eventually get a sponsor and become famous. Then you're a dick because no one is going to do that. Not today, man. How many podcasts are out there? 50,000 plus? 150,000? 4 million? 5 million? And, and, and I'm expecting to carve out a niche for myself? Forget it. Forget it. But I'm sorry that it's a bit ranty. And I'm sorry this, conversa- this conversation with you has gone a bit pear-shaped. And you're having to listen to a, a cunty little fucking privileged wanker drivel on for 14 and a half minutes. But uh, I just thought I'd get it out there because it's always on my mind. And it's good to have it out there. It's good. But do something with your fucking life, fundamentally. Like, you know... And that's what I'm trying to do. But it always fucking fails. 
But what I will say is I am looking forward to being a double dad. Double dad to a Jesus baby. That's going to be interesting. I'm going to be staying at home uh, in this. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. And, and I'm going to throw myself into that. Something that's tangible and real that I can be good at. As opposed to whatever the fuck this is. An attempt to be like a piss-poor Mark Maron. Or a piss-poor fucking Adam Buxton. You know, I, what I'm essentially getting at is I'm going to let the real people do this. And not this guy. Whoever I am. Whatever I'm trying to be, it, it's not working. So I think I'm just going to go back to whatever the whatever roots there are within me, whatever my core is, and I'm going to spend some time thinking about what my creativity is, what what it is that I'm trying to do with my life. Because I'm fucking 40 next year. I'm 39 in 10 days. I'm 39. And it's 39 years of average creativity. <laughs> and I want to be better. I want, I know that there's something in me that's better, but I, I want to find out what that is. So I, and I just can't be doing that, wasting my time, giving myself, giving so much of myself to people that clearly do not give a fuck. Sorry, but I just don't think you do. Maybe Kev, you do, obviously, I love you to pieces, but none of you, none else of you do. Fuck me. You know, you, it's one of those things you go, I just, you couldn't care whether I lived or died, you know, and that's, that's a fact. Maybe you probably say, hey, we don't want you to die. I mean, that's extreme. But if you went away, I wouldn't give a shit, you know, move on. We'd move on, forget. That's the thing. That's what would happen. But anyway, look after yourselves and uh, fuck it. Fuck it. Alva, yeah. Alva. Just a, it's A at the end, but it looks like it's a Y. A lot of people in the UK call me yeah. Alvi, and I don't really mind, but a lot of my close friends call me Alvi. It's like a cutesy name. So when people I've just met call me Alvi as well, I kind of think it's pretty funny. It's fucking awesome. It's like a 1950s, like, proper rock and roller's name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Al- Alvi Reddy. Like, where's yeah, the yeah. quiff? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Although I did if... see a site the other day uh, was talking about a song and then they said they called me Alvi and then they spelled Reddy wrong, which I was like, that's the easy part. <laughs> How did they spell that? Reedy, like two E's. Reed, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, well, that's the easy one. Yeah, that's a typo. God, we live yeah, in the yeah. age of ty- typos, though. I really, yeah. really do. It's insane. Yeah. Um, Good. So how, how are you? How have you been? How's your lockdown been? Um, It's been... A, bit, a lot of curveballs. Uh, we had a lot of things going for this year. I thought I was going to be spending most of this year kind of back and forth between the UK and the States. Um, yeah. But that is not to be. So. Yeah. But I mean, I got loads of time to write more stuff and work on yeah. everything. Okay. Well, that's positive because I know a lot of people have um, been like that. I was t- speaking with a band the other day, Dead Pony, and they, they were kind of... Yeah, I think it, it's funny because when I first started talking to bands at the beginning of lockdown, it was very, um, it was way more intense, way more mm. intense in, in England because I think of the fatalities um, as opposed to like other European countries such like, you know, Ireland, what have you, where yeah, it was, absolutely. Okay, okay, some obviously like Italy were really, really badly hit, mm-hmm. but others were just 
profound, like just so, so I mean, marked difference. Um, yeah. And and there was just more extraordinary tension. Like I was speaking with Blaine from uh, Mystery Jets. I just it just we spoke and like it seemed like he was in an underground bunker. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he Absolutely. was talking about his writing writing process and. Does that help? Has it helped you get you through a bit? It was I suppose uh, we've kind of I know I've grown up very much in a culture. I'm sure you have as well, where you feel like you should always be busy and productive, and that's the only way you feel like you're doing anything. Um, I'm not sure how healthy that is, but there is this weird thing where everyone wanted to feel like they were accomplishing something, even though there was not any real space to do it. But I felt like I had this special thing that I was able to work away on music. Yeah. Um, and at least take that as one thing that I could because t- I wouldn't have had the time to do it I was meant to be um, doing loads of touring all summer and all autumn and uh, a lot of spring and stuff I was meant to be playing a lot of gigs so I obviously wouldn't have been writing and recording and stuff like that during that time but I mean yeah. obviously that's me shining like putting a silver lining on it. obviously at the time I think especially early on yeah. uh, so many people were just having things pulled that it was just yeah. really hard to keep a brave face like everyone was but at the same time because you have to be like you know peop- i'm just glad that my family are healthy and happy but i'm also pissed off mm. that i've oh. had x y and z cancelled it's very hard to juggle the two emotions of relief and pissed off <laughs> yeah well i mean like that totally man like I, I i totally get that i mean there are a couple of people who are more senior uh, musicians who i've spoken to um they've been really forthright they've been like we don't need the money or or or, or attention we you know, we're just thinking about the younger artists out there because you're like what 20 something i'm in my 20s and i'm in my okay. mid to late 20s yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah and it's just like some people have been waiting for a very long time for a break or yeah. or just that momentum and then it's just completely taken away momentum yeah. in the music industry is is extraordinary isn't it and it's hard to come by and then it starts happening really fast so that's kind of we were at a point where we were meant to be going to South by Southwest and we had all this these label plans set up for the album and we had a tour with one of my musical heroes uh at the end of the year that was about to be announced and that was like the week that everything just went like South by South got cancelled South by Southwest got cancelled uh I lost my job because I was working in a shop part-time and then uh everything got shut down like every gig got cancelled and then that tour in the states got pulled as well so that sucked but and like it's coming back around and hopefully things will get back to normal um but at the same time like i I don't know the the irish government have been somewhat helpful at some points towards artists but mostly not very much a lot of artists are now being kicked off the covid dole and being told to kind of get jobs so that's it's it's getting harder i think yeah that's bleak yeah god almighty um mm. i mean i wonder where that takes you i wonder where that takes um artists without representation or j- just i mean that's terrifying to me yeah like i'm okay because i was working another job and i have a few other things yeah. going but there's a lot of artists who set they're, they're session musicians that's how they that's their bread and butter and what are their options the government just don't seem to see that as a legitimate even though you know entertainment industry brings in like millions in taxes every year but, but apparently it's right. not enough yeah yeah but sure look yeah yeah well no exactly i i just <laughs> think we did we did we, we yeah i mean we're, we're facing the, the the truth now that the entertainment industry at large i mean that's obviously over a lot of different areas 
it's it's huge it's huge um huge percentage of gdp and like i just think mm. it's but it's always been looked at because it's ah, but they're just singing they're not working hard they're just singing. no one asked you to do it yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah and all the people like I'm young enough, but there's people who've you know they've been working in the industry as promoters or as musicians or sound engineers or crew for thirty years, twenty years, thirty years, longer, and they're yeah. just kind of being told that you know oh well you're not entitled to a dole payment because you don't have any invoices and all that kind of stuff. It's just crazy. It's it must be absolutely horrific for someone. You know I don't have a kids or anything like that. I don't have any. Re- real worries it must be much more difficult for somebody else yeah but it's it's, it's compassion isn't it it's understanding that there are different ways people mm. are making money and i suppose mm. music isn't one of one of them ones that immediately comes up on any any government's radar you know especially yeah. within in the uk man like seriously you know our our tory government is i'm always i'm just wondering what on earth they're going to do long term for people I mean, yeah. oh, but anyway, fuck it. I'm oh, <laughs> so depressing. Let's because you just mentioned heroes, right? You're, you're touring in America with one of your musical heroes. Can you mention who that is and and why they, she, he, them are are, are your heroes or heroes? Um, <laughs> just a musical legend in my eyes. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, hopefully it'll be rearranged for next year. I yeah. Don't really want to say who it is, just in case. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's locked. It's man. It's locked down. This is secret just in case, stuff. It's not. It's not. It's uh, just. It hasn't been announced yet, so I don't know what. Yeah. What the rules are, and if it never happens, then I'm just like, well. Yeah, Stevie Nicks. Wow, really? That's amazing. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow, God, man. Yeah. Like, but I mean, what? Okay, without mentioning that person's name, um, who would you say like kickstarted it for you? Got got your like piqued your interest as a kid. Uh, my like my I have two older sisters I have two older sisters and an older brother but my two older sisters are like nine and eleven years older than me although my mum has great music taste as well but I was always so it was this like weird mix mash of my mum's musical taste which was like John Denver and Bob Dylan and all these like folk songs and my sisters were listening to like Oasis, Blur, Travis all these different like 90s early 2000s acts yeah so it was always a mix of like whatever they were listening to and what my mom was listening to and what she was listening to when she picked me up uh in the car on the way home from school so oh god brilliant quite a quite a mishmash yeah yeah i'm i'm like i kind of hear that in your music a lot like and i really really appreciate it um but for for me i i think it would be queen and abba don't know why when you just mentioned um mum your mum, my yeah. mum always used to pick us up and it used to be ABBA and Queen, Queen and ABBA, just like the be- best of Queen volume one and the best of yeah. ABBA volume, volume one. You can't beat a best of, you know, people always yeah. like, oh, you only have the best of. And I was like, yeah, because they're the best songs that that band did. <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah. that be my favourite? We it's used to true, put on man. Bohemian Rhapsody and like absolutely just scream it in the car when I was like seven. And my, we'd pick up my sisters from school and their friends and yeah. stuff and we'd Bobby. The mama in the back of the car. So good memories for that. But then also my mum has great taste in like kind of real strong folk singers. So it was like mixing that in with kind of the more modern sounds that uh, I was hearing elsewhere, I guess. Sweet, that's fantastic. Like how big who who who's like the the parent that um influenced you most? I mean, I'd say it's kind of funny because my dad put me in front of Zeppelin Hendrix or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and and then maybe took me to a few gigs later mm. but, but 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 it was my mum's record collection as well um yeah, but she that mixed together yeah but she never pushed it my dad pushed the music on me my mum was just more sort of mm. i don't know in the background uh my mum definitely my dad has no real um ear for music i don't think okay uh, yeah he's an architect so he's a creative person but that his interest definitely lies solely in those in architecture and my <laughs> yeah, mom is yeah. really interested in music and even now like, I, I put on big thief in the car a few months ago when we were driving somewhere and she was like that was amazing what was that you know she's still kind of it stuff still picks up on in her on her radar where she's like that's brilliant i really like that that you wouldn't expect yeah um yeah so she just has really really good taste and then always encouraged us encouraged us all to learn piano when we were four and then i just begged for guitar lessons uh and started teaching myself when i was like 10 or something and started getting guitar lessons when i was about 12 or 13 oh sweet that's such cool exactly the same with me exactly the same mm. age what, what was your first guitar it was a well my first ever guitar was like a toy guitar that i got in smith's and then my first proper guitar was a vintage a blue vintage you know that brand vintage or oh right fuck yeah. i've got a, i think i've got um i've got a crappy blue vintage acoustic underneath the sofa yeah it's really crappy yeah yeah i played oh, yeah, it for yeah. years yeah yeah played it for years and years and years and years and years until probably like i had it till i was probably like 21 god and then i and then i invested in an epiphone but i tell you what i bet you played that epiphone brilliantly because you've been playing such a hard to play guitar right yeah probably it was like way easier this thing is actually yeah. designed to be played, yeah, permanently. <laughs> I suppose they're just the kind of shitty one that you buy for your kid at Christmas because they won't leave you alone. Right. Uh, so I used like, to work in a music shop, so I know all the things where you're kind of like yeah. begging this parent, be like, don't buy this hunk of junk or whatever. <laughs> and they buy it because they're like, and then the parent finish looks at you and like, they're going to give it up in six months. I'm not spending any more than like 80 quid. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you think when your parents got you a guitar, I know it's a toy guitar, whatever you the second time do you think they ever saw something in you do you think they ever they sort of whoa the hello hello voice or yeah whatever? i didn't start singing till i was a good bit older i was really shy about my voice but um i just wanted to play guitar uh and i started teaching myself guitar so my mom was like let's get you a guitar because you've already started teaching yourself okay. uh like seven nation army and stuff like that the usual starter tunes um but yeah i actually only started singing i don't think i sang in front of anyone um until I was like 21 or 22. Wow, that is quite late, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just very, very shy. Yeah. Can you talk to me about your shyness at all? Where do you think that like comes from? Because it's quite interesting to see how much you are like, I mean, people can still be shy and perform. Like I'm not. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I'm, I, just, I, I'm, I'm not a very shy person anymore. Um, and I think yeah. music kind of, as lame as it sounds, that was partly music. It kind of just dragged me out of my box. I was like very shy. And then I did my first gig when I was like 21 and then just kept gigging and kind of it got me out of my shell so when you when you did your first gig what was it like what was the reception like uh well it was all my mates at like a uh open mic night in like at the local pub and i was so heckling friend or no they were really like oh wow look at her go like my friends <laughs> this is a lot of my friends who are like girls from like that i went to school with so they were like extremely i could have been bashing pans and right. like screaming and sounded awful and they would have been like you're so oh, good yeah oh, well Don't done you, you. yeah <laughs> isn't she she's trying look at her she's oh, trying look at you oh. love you you're so talented even if yeah. it was muck yeah <laughs> right yeah well she can 
fucking hell, she can hold the guitar. So that's step one. Yeah, she look at that a... sweet vintage, that blue vintage. <laughs> oh my god, I, I've ri- oh man, it's just I bet you've written some great songs on that guitar though. I don't think on that guitar that I wrote any great songs. A few, oh shit, no, nothing romantic riffs. then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you do get kind of. I don't get that emotionally attached. I don't think to guitars. A lot of people do. I'm just like, oh, I'm getting a new one. What's your emotional attachment to, like the notepad? Um, kittens, little puppies. I have one kind of electric guitar that I have a bit of an emotional attachment to, just because I love it. But that's about it. And then I emotionally attach to people, I guess sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. The odd time. Yeah. 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 The God, they can be. They can be pains. They can be yeah, people, yeah. man. God, jeez. Yeah. I tell you, it's funny doing it like that, doing interviews like this, though, because you just don't get the. Um, it's great. I mean, I've, I've been able to speak to someone, you know, like you know, across the globe. I was speaking to someone in Burma yeah. the other day, for Christ's sake. But cool. but you don't get that. You don't get that. In, do you know what I'm saying? But it is. Um, mm. I guess I miss that interaction with human beings. I think that's mm. why I, I can't wait for festivals to return. You I know. know. I never yeah. thought, actually, I had a, this funny thing where the week before lockdown in Ireland, um, everything was just kind of kicking off, but it happened really, really fast here. Like, mm-hmm. I was I was meant to be going to South by Southwest, and then it got cancelled, like, eight days before I was meant to go. Yeah. And I was working in a shop, and I remember, like, meeting, and, like, it was just kind of weird around town, because no one knew this was going to happen, but social distancing still wasn't really a thing at this stage. And then I went to the pub with my friend and we were sitting in this little pub and I was like, well, I'll see you next week. And she was like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I was like, it's not like they're going to ban hanging out. And we both burst out laughing and we're like, ha ha ha. And the next week, like oh, for the next four, well, I didn't see them for like four months or something because they did ban hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really did. They, Very strange. They did do that. God, yeah. let's just hope that's one of those things that we talk about mega past tense oh, i remember that yeah. remember that do you remember those terrible four months yeah never happened again it was great yeah fine. yeah yeah just to start yeah. oh yeah i can't wait for a gig like i also realized how gigging is not even just playing my own gigs but going to gigs and is such that's all i do to socialize i have yeah. no interest in going out for dinner i want to go to a pub or a venue and watch a gig i've that's all i do so that yeah, was that gone i'm just like who wants to do anything else <laughs> it's, it's your it's your lifeblood man it's what you do mm. it's like it's become i mean it's, it's it's really hard to like describe it to put it into words but like what you've just described there how i mean what's where does that come from like that it's within your soul but it's also worky it's also a job so yeah it's, it's kind of hard to i don't know I'm, i don't know what i'm trying to say really i think I'm yeah trying no, to... i know what you mean though it's like you're completely happy to be involved with it all the time yeah absolutely full, of, just full that's immersion always there. yeah yeah totally yeah. totally normal like uh, i don't like even for me like switching off is probably like going to see someone else's gig and even then i'm not fully switched off because i'm looking at what they're playing and looking at their gear and looking at the sound <laughs> engineer and wondering why the sound is so bad in the venue or <laughs> yeah. yeah i know i know the routine man good god yeah so so is there any what about your um your other family members i mean you, you mentioned your dad's um wasn't isn't isn't musical what about you've got any brothers sisters that are musical that you jam with uh my sister uh they all like music um 
but no one else works in music really my sister worked in as a dj for years in dublin and um, mm-hmm. so she'd be kind of the most musical uh, after me and yeah. uh, she's like still like works in music a lot and works has worked in worked in radio for like 12 years yeah. and uh works in podcasting and stuff now as well so oh okay yeah so she, that'd be that'd be her her vibe so we always yeah. kind of bond over that but like my other sister is super into music my brother is super into music but i i say me and my other sister are probably the most most into it yeah okay well clearly mm. clearly yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes so um god it's it's, it's mental it's really because it's, my sister's um yeah my, my elder sister's musical definitely mm. uh, and I, I think a lot of her I think a lot of events, uh, her music influenced me actually, sort of stuff like yeah, in the totally early 90s. Would. Mm. Yeah, like Jewel or Counting Crows, you know, Absolutely, pop yeah. well, 90s. You, you think they're cool and then they're listening to this stuff, so you think that stuff is cool by extension. Absolutely. Yeah. And like my sister, my uh, eldest sister, uh, she used to just sit on the floor of our living room and watch MTV just all day. <laughs> I think that's why I, I'm really into like music videos and stuff like that and I think that's why it's because she used to just like sit there on the floor and just watch MTV like for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours yeah. of the time that's that's a good point actually because I really like that video um, I saw on your website uh, the one where you um, it starts off with you uh, asleep in bed time difference yeah <laughs> right that's so cool I love I love Thanks. that um can you, you talk about that bit like with the inspiration behind it yeah um I, I kind of the songs on the i suppose some of my songs people always think they're really sad even if they are kind of tongue-in-cheek people are always like i think i just have a really sad sounding voice but i don't think i'm a very sad person like i kind of so i, I know i don't want my videos to come across as like very serious i want them to be kind of tongue-in-cheek and um, so i wanted to do a video that kind of I suppose highlighted the fact that like musicians generally live on a different time zone to everybody else. Okay. So yeah. it's, and I worked in offices for years when I was doing gigs around Dublin and stuff. And I'd come, I'd be at the gig till like 2am and then I'd go into work for nine. So I kind of thought it would just be kind of fun to have me going into work at night time and then going to the pub in the morning Yeah. and just put everything on a different time yeah. scale to make it like time difference. But don't you think it's really hard um, not to be formulaic in music videos? Like, because, every, I mean, yes, you do have the freedom to be more, uh, I would mm. say, eccentric and uh, uh, alternative. But it's also it's a really difficult line because it can become just fucking pretentious so quickly, so easily, rather. Yeah, like, um, I think that's definitely the case if you're trying to do something. Re- I think it's really hard to nail a serious music video. Um, yeah. And people do um i think it's probably easier to kind of do something that's a bit like you said like kind of eccentric and odd um plus i also think yeah it's so formulaic so you have to kind of it's like any anything like that that's kind of for a bit of joy like as in uh, if you're watching um, a romantic comedy it, it's formulaic as well or like any kind of film genre really like it can still just nail the genre or like name nail the formula and it's kind of satisfying yeah. to watch it doesn't always have to... I don't think, like, it always has to be reinventing something. Uh, well, there's just no way every now, once in a there? while someone does. Yeah, every, every once in a while someone makes a video like, you know, uh, This Is America or something like that, which is just incredible, an incredible, like, art form in itself. But as in, most of the time, you know, 
it's kind of just satisfying to watch something that's start to finish is just kind of a bit funny or kind of a bit serious but uh yeah i suppose yeah. it's what, into, what you're into yourself i like kind of stupid kind of dumb quirky music videos. hey do you like my united states of whatever liam lynch do you remember that video back in the day yeah because this is my united states, united states of whatever, of whatever. Yeah. but that video was absolutely brilliant as well yeah because yeah i've got a really bad attention span well I don't know about attention span, but um, I can't. I can. I can watch films endlessly, but music videos. I really like MTV Two mm. back in the day. Forget it. I was like literally they only had about twelve songs. They were all repeated over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I just got sick of it. Like Seven mm. Nation Army by White Stripes. I oh, such I can't, a boring video. Oh, it's awful. Oh my yeah. Christ! You know. But that they're just a visual aid to the song. But then every once in a while, like I remember uh, seeing the music video for Arctic Monkeys when the sun goes down. Okay, and, I haven't seen that one, but yeah. Oh, it's, it was it was a really famous. It was like that was their song that kind of broke them worldwide, I'd say. And definitely, I hadn't heard of them. Oh, what of the first album? Yeah, yeah, their first. Oh, right, like, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was called <laughs> Scummy Man, and then they changed yeah, it. To, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the video yeah. of a girl uh, around in some town dun, dun, or whatever dun, dun, being picked dun, up. Dun, yeah, dun, 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 I remember dun, seeing dun. that video and being like, I actually did wasn't listening to the song. The video was so good, I got sucked in by the video. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that a happens. really good point. Yeah, yeah, like Franz Ferdinand, I really like uh, "Take Me Out." That was quite cool. Yeah, um, that was actually a really good video. I must rewatch that. Yeah, yeah. I do you know. What? I've, maybe I sh- maybe we could both make the concerted effort to rewatch a couple of videos because I yeah. I I feel like I've just um, I'm still plagued with that whole feeling like every music video bores me because it's been so long. But then I watched yours and I was watching another band called TV Priest the other day and blah 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 bands on and fur they're really good they've got mm-hmm. really cool and i was like oh yeah like tv these are, these are music videos these are great they're, yeah there's still there's still traction in this shit this is good well i think uh there was probably a few years that there where like music videos are were or still are extremely extremely expensive to produce yeah. and people just don't have the same money anymore. So there was kind of, but like now making a decent quality video is a bit more accessible financially. So yeah. bands are probably going to be doing kind of more interesting things again. And there's a lot of mm. a wealth of videographers who are willing to do things for a lot less money because they, you know, want to just work on music videos. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. It used to, be a huge, used to be a huge investment for a band. I know, my God, I'm come on man remember the 90s and or the yeah. uh, not even the 90s fuck it the early 2000s you know you'd, you'd get big budget for that yeah and um what how did you feel, film your how do you film your videos is it like iphone or is it like or is that just uh too too uh, hip proper proper camera my friend proper Kieran shit will the proper yeah, shit yeah. we use a whole fucking camera man use so a, just... a gimbal a gimbal which is this like yeah. little yoke you carry around and uh my mate Kieran and I like we basically come up with the idea together and yeah then just like shoot a bunch of stuff and kind of feel it out ourselves with the uh, help of a few different friends and stuff so yeah it's pretty yeah uh, it's done on a shoestring yeah um can we talk about your early not early because I mean I suppose like 2016 is that when um hollowed out water came out hollowed out sea, sea. yeah yeah hollowed out water um, um yeah that's when that so came that's, out that's like four years ago that seems I don't know why time. I say for. I don't know. Is it a long time? It must feel. How does it feel to you? Does it feel like yeah. ages? And... Feels like a different person. Yeah, and it's a different um, sound as well to now, right? I feel like it's closer to like the stuff I released in between 
that album or that EP and my first album. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of close. Um, mm. but there was stuff I released in between where I was just like confused and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know what I wanted to be doing and I didn't know what the sound wanted to be sounded like and yeah, I just was figuring shit out. Mm. Important. Um, yeah, like I still really like that EP. Uh, but yeah. everything I did in between that, I'm not so keen on. Okay, gosh, geez, Louise, yeah, because we're you know, it's, you put something out, you don't like it. It's very you people, artists, whatever, tend to get very spicy, heated <laughs> about the music that they don't like, right? They're, yeah, they're, they're, that they've made themselves. It's like uh, imagine if you made what you considered. Imagine like the biggest ex- a big exam you had to do, and if you had to just keep seeing your stupid responses to the questions on a page ever again that sort of feels like every time i hear them i'm like oh that why is my voice sound like that and why is that uh-huh. mix like that and why did i leave yeah. that bit in and, and why didn't i take that bit out yeah recording yeah. like that you possibly you can I, yeah yeah so very passionate i'm not like angry about it you kind of it's a learning curve and i've kind of figured out what i want to sound like yeah. and uh yeah i was like i suppose i kind of late late bloomer in regards to starting to record and stuff um so i'm only kind of figuring that stuff out in the last two years yeah people fucking love you in ireland that's for damn sure <laughs> Jeez, wow that i mean that must have been like when you first started out you did get quite a decent response yeah yeah it was just how, i didn't know what i was doing it's kind of weird because i didn't know what i was doing so all successes just seemed amazing but then you just want yeah. more and more and more and more um, and then I started like touring in the UK and I did a few things in like Canada as well and in Spain and mm. Germany and stuff. And it was kind of this whirlwind. And then I had to, I had, then I had to record something else. And I just kind of, I personally felt like I kind of fell short of the mark because I just wasn't ready. Yeah. No, of course. Um, I mean, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? Yeah. And like, especially as a solo artist, like I think I often really envy bands in a lot of ways because they have each other to prop each other up and if you're a solo artist uh you need so much support and if you're not getting it it can be really really it's like really hard business and um can be really disheartening when things go wrong because it feels like you're just completely on your own and you're like why am i doing this but if you're in a band you can prop each other up there's obviously lots of different things that aren't great about being in a band of course but i always find that really difficult Mm. yeah Uh, yeah. you're 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 kind of like in terms of a football player you're kind of like you need a manager to put your arm uh, to put their arm around yeah, you a yeah. bit right yeah. yeah yeah exactly and if you if you kind of feel like you're not being supported by the people working on your team or whatever um it, it can be ex- extremely hard career choice i think oh i bet oh my yeah. god i bet i mean especially where i mean if you've had success uh and they just think oh that's that's what's always going to happen you know people are just always going to be in love with you and your music and uh and it's all just going to be gravy right let's get her to do this now and this now oh it's not working oh yeah and i mean you saw that with kate nash you know and she 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 had a yeah um see it with a lot of artists where they just don't have the right guidance or they don't have the right team or they're mismanaged or whatever and and people think that it's lack of talent but it's actually not really it's a lack of guidance and a lack of support yeah. um like people's if people if someone's a good songwriter like kate nash it, it's not that that doesn't go away it's that things became extremely difficult to maintain because they she wasn't being supported in the right way i feel yeah. i don't i can't speak to her experience but i think that yeah. happens with a lot of people um yeah. wh- whether it's a label or management or booking agency or whatever 
Yeah, and I mean, I know the nuance that you know everyone's different. Every, every situation is different. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, in the, in, uh, he works in the industry, and I, um, he was talking about how just some some artists are just lazy like they they they, mm-hmm. they take it for granted like they don't realize how unbelievably hard they have to work um and it, they just think oh they get a management deal or whatever and it's just oh we're, we're it's going to be fine it's like come on man it's like we're, we're it's 2020 now to, to make it in the music industry you've got to work harder than any yeah. artist has ever had to work before mm. yeah i guess uh maybe that's kind of maybe younger artists who are a bit naive think that once you cross that threshold you don't have to keep pushing but actually it's like you just have to keep your head hmm. above water the entire time so that's probably just a learning curve i don't like yeah yeah i don't know i'm sure that does happen with some people i'd say that most people who are in any position of success are working extremely hard to be there yeah so um i'll just pivot and uh okay. p- pivot, pivot pivot sorry so f- friends ref- reference i right? know i know um, yeah yeah we were moving yeah. a couch from uh, our old house <laughs> to our new house the other day and that pivot was said a lot it's fucking did that i fucking love it i'm not mm. gonna uh, when when lockdown was kicking sh- the hell out of me um my wife and i would just sat sat down and watched endless episodes of friends just yeah. to, to get that anxiety just to yeah manageable levels you know yeah. <laughs> jesus wept um so yeah you're you work you're working with the uh, worked sorry with erland cooper um yeah that 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 guy that guy's yeah. all it's like fucking ralph emerson for christ's sake that guy's a real uh, country dude um uh countryside dude i should say what how did that relationship uh come to pass and what what was it like being in the studio working together um, yeah, so uh, he, Erland and Tommy McLaughlin um, kind of co-produced my album. Um, yeah. But Erland and I met in 2017, I think, and we were just doing a writing session in London and kind of just got away, got along straight away. So how did that um, get, what, you just met at a gig or you were put together? Or? We were introduced by uh, my management and publishers. Uh, okay, so we, were, nice. we, had, we had a few people that we were working with in common and we kind of went and spent a day in his studio in london and uh wrote a few songs together and uh then like maybe the next year we did the same thing again and i always just felt um obviously like woman working in the industry uh not to have that conversation but um if i can pivot uh you go into a lot of writing sessions where you feel like i'll come up with an idea and the you work with mostly male producers um that's just how it is and a lot of the time i'll come up with an idea and they'll take the guitar off me and play the idea for me even though oh. i can play and that just that kind of stuff and erland was always like pushing me to like sing and like you know sing not the way that come naturally to me he didn't want to use auto-tune yeah. on my voice like a lot of people did and he because i got set up with all these different producers over the course of like two or two or three years and he was always encouraging me like no you can play that bit of p- on piano yourself and you can do this and you can do this and it was always encouraging me and i always felt like i was learning about myself as a writer whenever well, i worked with him he was just I- He's just he's he's so talented himself and he's so good at um pushing people forward and encouraging people and getting the best out of somebody. Yeah. 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 No, it's in, it's interesting what you said there about um two you know being put with two or three different like over a two year period, three year period being put with different producers. That would, that would drive me completely insane. I suppose when mm. was it like when you when you came together with with Erland um was it like oh okay big 
big, huge, soulful sigh of relief. Like, oh, finally, or... I think he was, like, my second co-write, and I ended up doing, like, 15 or 16. Um, But um, actually, like, because it's still the music industry, most of the people that I met were super like-minded individuals who I got along with so well. Yeah. I, I know that makes it, that's a really boring answer and that I don't, no, I don't no. have any relationship stories, but everybody I, uh, all the, all male producers that I worked with um, during that time, I didn't work with any female, I think like there's 2% of female producers even exist in general. But um, every guy that I worked with was like really sound, really helpful and stuff like that. I just found, uh, I learned a lot from Ireland in a way that I didn't with everybody that I worked with. But everyone I worked with was really talented and really yeah, cool. you know, what the fuck yeah. is going on with two percent of of women producers? What the fuck? What's going on there? Um, I guess only maybe less women who can produce call themselves producers would be one thing, and then I guess it's just the same as everything else. If you don't see yourself being represented in a position, mm. you don't go for it yourself. Yeah. I think it's like mm. you could say that for Any a industry, lot of yeah. a lot of industries and you know if mm. the more female producers we do see being pushed forward the more young women who like I wouldn't like growing up in the 90s I definitely never heard of like a female producer so it was never something I considered as a career choice now I'm like kind of cutting my teeth with, with production in the last few years and I love it it's actually probably like my I love being in the studio but um yeah I think it's just if you see yourself being represented in an industry you then realize that that door is open for you as well i don't think yeah. anyone's consciously keeping women out of production quite quite the opposite now but um i hope things will change yeah no, I, they I, will they will change yeah yeah <laughs> no that that's yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to oh my god i just like i'm so not naive i mean i know what you're talking mm-hmm. is the truth i'm not I'm, I'm, i think i'm just trying oh, no, to get, totally. it, get it from get it from your angle um and what what you how you're experiencing the music industry and what can be bettered. Um, mm. it's, it's an odd one. I mean, if you think about all the women we admire, adore, um, freaking Deb, I mean, just Debbie Harry. Oh, I don't know why that comes yeah. to mind. But, you, you know, en- endless. Um, and, yet, and yet when their careers end, you don't really you don't really hear much about them co-producing, engineering, or whatever, being involved in the studio um, yeah. setup. It's, that's odd. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, there is obviously a. I know in Ireland certainly there is a massive uh, gender disparity with women being represented in the industry. Um, mm. It's it's much better in the UK actually. Um, yeah. I would probably have. Yeah, uh, I, I find it harder or easier to break into the UK radio than I do in Ireland. It just they all they want is boy bands. There was actually a report put out in a few months ago. Uh, I think in June. Maybe yeah. so a month and a half ago where the gender disparity report had like some radio of the national radio stations in Ireland don't have any Irish women in their top 20 charge for all of 2019 to 2020 like none <laughs> so there's kind of a lot of conversation this is like a massive topic at the moment in the Irish industry anyway yeah too fucking that's insane mm god almighty because yeah. that's a whole other podcast but it's like yeah. oh gosh that's god that's blowing my mind a bit um yeah but i mean you're it's, pretty, it's really interesting it was kind of just seeing written down what i think a lot of us already knew like um myself and 
Pillow Queens, who are another Irish female band. Like we both have gotten lots of plays and um we're both currently gonna be playlisted on BBC six and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and neither of us are on the national like or T two, which is like the Irish counterpart to that. Can't mm. get playlisted on it. Oh Basically. man. Which is just Fuck. wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I'm not I've obviously gotten support in the Irish industry massively, but you know, so that just has to be acknowledged as a an issue. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's a that's weird. That is yeah. <laughs> just straight up weird. I mean, like I, I haven't heard you on six yet. Um, I was lucky enough to um be um, I had a press release that came my way, um, with cool. with you on it, and I was immediately like, yeah. Yes, they like cool. that. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I I hit Spotify and I got into is it between between your teeth? Yeah, the new one. Fuck me! I am telling you right now. I was like, there's so, what is re- what I'm really loving since I decided to do the podcast. Um, once every once, well, twice a week, but once a Wednesday. It's it's a new artist or band or whatever. And um, nine times out of ten, what's happening is I'll find this new band and they've got this this drug song i.e it's so fucking good it's like a drug and that <laughs> between your teeth i put that on and i, I do i generally feel like a real because i'm a bit of a shoegazer so i like all like bands like always and stuff i and, love always yeah i mean jesus christ you know um by the way i wasn't trying to be an, uh, do an irish accent there by the way uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it towards the end after a bit oh jesus christ um <laughs> but but yeah and and it's just there's so much oh god love this fucking song where oh thank what, you can you talk to me about that song a bit and what what it's um what, what it's speaking to and and uh how, how you wrote it and what have you yeah um actually that was one that erland really liked when we decided to do the album he, he was talking about the use of the word ego in it and he was saying that's such mm. a weird word to put in a song and it kind of ties into the album in a way that the album is called personal history and I took like a year off from music and uh, in my kind of mid twenties and did a psychotherapy degree. I swear. And wow. that then that all the kind of clinical stuff that I learned during that ended up feeding into my lyrics. Uh, yeah. and I didn't actually notice it. And then Erdan pointed out to me, he was like, loads of songs have that element in it. Um, mm. Like there's a song on the album called Personal History and there's another one called Self-Improvement. And there's, you know, there, there's lots of like bits ah, okay. dotted around that are kind of speaking to that kind of uh, psychotherapy or psychology side of things. Um, So Between Your Teeth was kind of written um, just about people's inability to, or my inability or my partner's inability to uh, communicate effectively, basically. Like every every relationship that's ever been. Like every relationship ever, yeah, yeah. And just constantly, or like, uh, I know, I think think too much and all, all those things about like overthinking things and, if someone doesn't What's, tell you something, they don't. You then assume what they're saying, which is, you know, Do, doing their thinking for them, my friend. Yeah, exactly. It's a classic fuck up that I have done. Mm. A trillion man, I tell you, I, I, <laughs> early ages of, of of relationships. Why haven't they texted me? I mean, yeah, I would, it was a good day. They hate me. Day. Or you yeah, you hold me. back an argument and then you have the argument in your head and paint this oh. person all of their responses for them. So it's kind of the song's basically about that and about yeah. sitting. I was wrote it when I was the lyrics for it when I was kind of on my way from Gatwick to London, uh, flying over to London for 
a, a gig I think and um I was basically having I was having an argument in my head with somebody and I kind of wrote the lyrics about that yeah well hey that's cathartic you're lucky because I um but some you know some people don't have that um I wouldn't say a gift mm. was well, a gift it's gift it's a gift to write but especially especially when you're writing to something to an mm. agenda you have then it really speaks like I um the few songs I've written in my life that I think are precisely what I'm thinking at the time and yeah. I've got it got it out in a way that doesn't make me sound like mm. a, bit of a twat um you know clearly you don't have that problem so thanks (laughs) i hope yeah (laughs) well you don't know i mean maybe you maybe years to come you know the rest of the album could be total shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah no i think and sometimes you write a song and you're like jesus i didn't even know i was upset about that thing that happens to me a lot i'll write something and i'll be like whoa what like your subconscious kind of just takes over and you're writing these things it sounds really um ridiculous to say that but i've often written things and then being like didn't even know i was upset about that yeah or still but that's interesting because you know you talk about therapy psychotherapy and and what have you um there you go i mean that's straight straight out of textbook where you don't you Mm. whoa was i thinking that jesus yeah yeah i can't believe i just like wrote that down or that's what popped into my head and that's because your subconscious is just popping up and saying hey what's up <laughs> hey what's up you're man? upset I about mean, this yeah we, we need to talk we need to yeah, talk yeah i mean it's like quite funny though because you're almost like well where did that come from do i need to be more upset to <laughs> yeah. write something that good should i fuck with myself yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah maybe i should just get drunk or something i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah let's make some mistakes i am very um uh, jealous of people who seem to be able to like write songs while drinking and stuff like that oh. i lose all motor skills if i've had like two pints and i can't play guitar anymore and i'm completely useless so yeah some people are like just drinking a bottle of wine and writing some songs and i'm like that would only end in me probably falling asleep watching a movie oh yeah like when harry met sally you oh know. so good yeah oh my god what a fucking film i watched, watched that it recently mm. me too mate i'm i've god was that in lockdown yeah i watch it yeah. like a few times a year it's just and it, since it's on netflix beautiful high, high five yeah definitely yeah. it's a fuck it's a i ah oh, do you know what I'm, i fucking genuinely mean this you can totally disagree with me here but i think it's one of those films where you're like Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan both look genuinely 10, 15 years younger when they're fucking meant to. Um, yeah. And then 10, 15 years older at, when they're meant to. You know, yeah. so. And like, that was way back then, you know? Yeah. Where they didn't you know? have. I almost prefer it being done that way. Also, I think that that is like the apex of the romantic comedy genre and it hasn't been done as well since. That is my opinion. I'm like oh, big mate. into movies and I'm just like that is like the best romantic comedy ever and nobody has done it as good what were your top three movies then if you can i mean that's a fucking stupid it's... thing to ask because well, that's <laughs> it would tricky. have to be like genre wise because i just i watch loads of stuff so I, I'm, yeah. so I'm so it's the same with music i consume so much of it that i wouldn't know how to break it down i love when harry met sally i love eternal sunshine and spotless mind yeah um top three i don't know I love like I, really good like horror, horror films as well. Yeah, yeah I love, like horror. Yeah, 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 such a oh my god, Hereditary is so good if you're looking for a horror film. Fuck off, man. Fuck off. No way. <laughs> I think you don't. Fuck no way. I would die. It's I'm so done. good. Yeah. I'm having a panic attack thinking about that film, and I haven't even seen it. Like I've heard people talk about it, 
And I, I'm like one of those people. This is how bad my anxiety is. I listen to a, a film podcast about them just describing the film and I'll, I'll listen oh. to the trailer and just them describing it or the trailer and that's it. I will have it's genuine so anxiety. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, we watched it and we sometimes like me and my housemates, we watch like when we're really hungover on Sundays, we would sometimes like have tea on the couch and <laughs> watch a horror film, which is like the worst right. thing you could do if you have the fear, like if you feel really anxious the next day. I'll be like sitting on the couch. We're watching Hereditary, and we are all just like screaming our heads off. Dude, have you seen Green Room with Patrick yeah. Stewart? Yeah, those oh, the dogs in Green Room. Fuck! I swear this that film turns up in my my brain at least once a week. The dogs. If I ever see that type of like, I saw a dog with the muzzle the other day, and I was like, that dog is like the dog in Green Room. Yeah, I mean, like when that guy gets his arm carved open with the when he puts his, oh, I nearly vomited. Like I, I, I was watching that. Oh, bites someone's face off. Yeah. Yeah. Right the fuck off, Patrick Stewart. Oh my god, what a legend. Yeah, incredible. Very good movie. Very oh. good movie. If you can watch that, you can definitely handle Hereditary. No, you're wrong because I can't, uh-huh. and I will cry. Do you want me to cry? Uh-huh. Do you want? Because just because I've got short hair doesn't mean shit. I'm a complete <laughs> pussycat. Um, but yeah, like just quickly before we have to go. Okay. Um, I did want, have you ever seen, um, oh, come on, Will, uh, Good Vibrations, the uh, film, uh, film with. Oh, um, with, with, um, about Brian Wilson? Uh, no, no, oh. it's, um, you've got to watch it. You will. Who's in not it? Ha- you won't shit yourself. You won't have a bowel movement, okay. but it's great. Richard Dormer. So he plays the Lord of Light in Game of Thrones. Um, right, I never watched Game of Thrones. Oh fuck, I love I'm it. Not into, right. I'm not into fantasy. Oh, get yeah. over yourself! Really? Come I on. I like I like sci-fi, but I don't like fantasy. It's, oh. it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's a the, massive honestly, bone of contention with everybody and me. Yeah, I've read the books as well, and I don't read I don't read fat deep whatever fantasy whatever the fuck you want to call it. They're the they're the only exception I've ever made in my entire life. I've read all the books twice. It is amazing. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, but this, yeah, Richard Dormer is in Good Vibrations. It's about okay. um, Irish, the Irish music scene, and this guy uh, Dooley. I've forgotten his fucking first name. Um, it sets up a music, a record shop in the height of the Troubles in Belfast, right on the main Sounds street. Sounds awesome. Mm. It it is. You will. I want you to watch this so so soon, and then email me, tell me what you okay. thought, because because there are moments in it that will ring so true to you, being a being a musician there's one moment I, it's just a moment in a studio with um fergal sharkey uh and uh, the producer and and the guy giving paying for the recording session hearing teenage kicks for the first time through the headphones oh my lord i i am moved yeah. to tears every time i watch that anyway god amazing that sounds great yeah yeah no yeah. i i can't i always love good vibrations got it yeah yeah um so how's the I rest do. of your sorry go on Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I do find uh, when I'm watching a, um, a movie about the music industry, it's so hard not to be like, no one would ever do that in a studio. No one would ever watch. <laughs> no one would ever do that. No one would ever do that. That's not how you do that. She's singing yeah. into a microphone and she has the music coming through the monitors. And uh, yeah. That would just cause feedback. Just yeah. Or it's, it was, I was watching some film and like the two people are sharing a headphone and they're singing 
Oh. They were like overdubbing <laughs> vocals, but the band are still playing and all the sound is coming through. And I'm like, the amount, that would be a nightmare. Like to mix, that would be a complete nightmare. That would never happen. So I hang on. Care. You, yeah. You, you sound so much like my wife now. Whenever we watch a movie together, she cannot suspend her disbelief for like a second but uh specifically for you i guess it's because it's music industry related oh yeah for so other stuff i'm like Meh. yeah other stuff i'm just like yeah sure that could happen Even yeah that's bonkers yeah yeah that shark's totally real you know yeah that's fine yeah, yeah. god jaws there's another film um before yeah. i do go uh, alien is like top three it's fucking great do you like that movie i haven't uh, wait alien like as one. in yeah ridley scott yeah yeah i think i saw it when i was a kid Oh, you've got to rewatch it. It's absolutely yeah, sensational. probably. I think I remember being scared of it as a kid. Oh, the score. Yeah. The score is beautiful. But um, how's writing going at the moment? Because I think we touched on it briefly before and you're doing really well. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah. In lockdown. Um, but I tend to have like a few weeks where I'll be really productive and then a few weeks where I'm just not at all useful in that kind of arena. Um, And I just let that naturally happen as it does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of right a bit at the moment here and there and hopefully i'll be able to release something again next year is the plan and what what are you doing when you're not useful then are you just like going when am i going to be useful again like uh doing like other bits you know there's other ways right. to be like i do a lot of graphic work and stuff as well um That's so there's making sure that i can be creative in like other ways to kind of keep it going um yeah, yeah. nice do what i do bless yeah, you well exactly. thanks so much for your time thanks it's, very much uh, for having me yeah man like so cool i loving your music i'm so excited and I, i've only been listening to Thank it for so like a, a week so i can't wait to get really get deep deep more deeply into it you know awesome yeah well i hope you like the yeah. album yeah 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 god man can't wait but i hope <laughs> okay. hope hope shit turns around for you in terms of gigging i hope every, well obviously everyone wants that but um so much uh, yeah. it already is yeah <laughs> yeah 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 cool. Okay, my Thank love. You so well, have, much. Yeah, really appreciate have a great, have a great evening. Bye. Good vibrations. Thanks okay, so much. and thanks for the yes, yes. I will watch it. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.